Austin? Austin, Massachusetts? You mean Boston, Massachusetts? Yeah, that's what I said. Boston. He was the ghost of a Texas ladies' man. God bless Texas. I didn't. I said Austin. You said Boston. Because of you, some guy's life is ruined in Boston. Martyrs, 3855 North Lincoln Avenue, MartyrsLive.com. This is Bill and Dave's excellent podcast. What's up, buddy? How we doing? Good, good, good. We are here. We just uh, checked out Soundcheck with the band. Yeah, we did. Wyatt Company out of Austin, Texas. Guys, thank you guys so much, first of all, for joining us. Thank you very much for having us. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. So, um, first of all, uh, we got Taylor. Yes. Taylor and... And Bill. I'm Bill. Bill. Drew, Drew, and Tommy, and Tommy, very cool guys. Thanks yeah. again for doing the show. This is awesome. So, uh, Austin, Texas, you guys came a long way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we didn't come from there today. Right. Right. <laughs> so that would have been ridiculous. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so how's we it took t- it in increments? <laughs> how's the tour been going so far for you? We're we're promoting uh, the new band, the the new album, Transgressor. Trans- Transgressor. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's our it's transgender. great. Transgender. Yeah. Transgender. Transgender. Um, Transgender. <laughs> It's been great, man. Uh, we've this is our first like tour since we put out the record, so it's, I mean, we play been playing locally and regionally since it came out like a couple months ago. But this is our first time to actually hit the road with it, so I'm excited to kind of get to you know show it to the rest of the world. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, did I read correctly, you guys? Put this you recorded this album in uh, two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Was it by design or is it did it just come out like that? Uh, it was intentional. Yeah. Yeah, we. Uh, we probably spent about a year on pre-production. Really? <laughs> to make that two weeks happen. Yeah, yeah it took a long time to write. But, it, uh, but yeah, we did like two... I, in actuality, we did two days of pre-production for each seven-day uh, session. And then we did... Yeah, a year of writing. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then we, we did a song a day, and we just tracked it all live for the most part. And sure. So it was kind of... Just go in every day and just play the song till you're sick of it, and or that you think you got it, and <laughs> like go play it. Comes first. Yeah. The producer says we got it. Yeah, that was really sure, yeah. We just spent a year. It was yeah, like a multi-tracked. Like yeah, we were like it was a home recording. We had kind of unlimited-ish time, and so yeah, we. Right. This was like you know I think um, the. A comment we always get is, man, you know, the, the live show is so much more energetic than the recordings, and we were really, it was in, in an effort to kind of capture that that feel sure. on the record. So, sure. Now, define the the writing process for you guys. Is it is is there one person that does most of the writing? Is it a collaborative effort? Um, 
how we've kind of done it every record before this is that I would make a demo that was pretty much like fleshed out, like where I played all the parts real poorly, but you know they were all there, and right. and then everyone would kind of learn their parts from that, and we would go from there. With this record, it was the first one that was like completely collaborative in the arrangements, where all I was bringing in was the uh, chords, melodies, and vocal and lyrics, you know. Right. And so it's a bunch of, like an acoustic guitar track. Sure. So how we how the songs went from like that really stripped down version into all the things they became, uh, we all got to do together in the room, which is probably not that innovative <laughs> for most bands. It's probably how most bands do it, but for us, it was different and it was a lot of fun. Right, and you guys got a lot of accolades on the on the previous album. Um, yeah. I was reading yeah, a lot a lot of awards. Um, did did you did you feel that that you'd see that kind of success after you recorded it, or it just kind of happened? I th- I think for me it was when we finished it and I actually had it in my hands. I felt like we, you know, like we'd come a long ways in that year, and and we'd uh, we'd created something that to me just felt like this is a piece of art. This is a, like a this is a work that we have done together, and it is like really beautiful and really you know like I'm really proud of it. So I didn't really think about you know awards or anything like that. I was I was just kind of thinking like. You know, I think that other people will like this as well because I, I'm really proud of it, and uh, and the awards were kind of forthcoming. I think as a result of that, and we also angled pretty hard to get them. Yeah, <laughs> you have to do a lot of politicking. Uh, just uh, yeah. just a lot of shaking babies and kissing hands or whatever. And what does it what does that mean to you, Taylor? If you if you do a lot of the writing to w- to win an award for something, because in looking at some of the lyrics, I mean, it seems a lot of it's really really personal to you yeah um it's just it's the only reason i get out of bed is just the thought that i might win an award for something (laughs) right (laughs) if people aren't just constantly validating me with awards then i just don't really know what i'm doing with my life makes world yeah i've got i've got like yeah got that fame shaped hole in my life um no yeah it's like matt says it's not something we kind of like thought much about uh with uh we're all where we belong which was the last record uh, with that record, we were kind of our most of our concern came from the fact that it was kind of it was a concept record about losing faith and religion and and becoming an atheist or whatever and and kind of all the things that that means for a person's life and uh, so we were kind of we spent most of our time kind of wondering how that would be received right you know, right absolutely there's not a whole lot of records that that just take a swing at Jesus you know so was it difficult for you to write that? Um, it wasn't, it wasn't difficult in the sense that it was like hard to do. Um, I, I I was really like, that was a, it was a really like tumultuous time. Sure. So in those kind of environments in my life, a lot of times I get really obsessed with an idea and then that's kind of when I tend to be a little bit more prolific. So those songs kind of came pretty easy. Uh, I mean, it was a little diff- difficult, maybe in the sense that we were like, "Well, are we all going to get disowned, right, <laughs> you know, by family and and whatever?" But but the reaction to it, um, like Christian and atheist and all all points in between, uh, has actually been really positive. Sure. Like, cause all the Christians that we know that like the band have kind of come and said, like, "I don't agree with you." But I like that record a lot because, like, <laughs> I I've been I've been there, Absolutely, you know. And yeah. Because I mean, I think there with that kind of stuff, it's like there are two kinds of people. There, all well, three, I guess. There are p- 
people that doubt their faith, uh, there are liars, right? And there are insane people, right? Absolutely, you know? there are. And I, I don't think that any of our fans generally fall in the insane category. So, well, uh, there's got to be a couple, I'm sure. Yeah, right? I hope so. <laughs> I like crazy people. That's that's tough because it's always a, a real hot a hot button issue. So it's, sure, it, I could see that that you'd you'd be maybe afraid of turning people off. But at the end of the day, accidentally spark a crusade or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, it, it worked. <laughs> um, and and you guys got a lot of acclaim for it. I mean, and now moving on to the new album, uh, Transgressor. The you know you I put the album I put I put the C, I made a CD. People still listen to CDs. I don't have an I do. MP3, I, but, I buy yeah. CDs all the time. Right? right. Yeah. So I put I put it in and. Uh, the first album right off the bat, and you guys were playing it downstairs uh, uh, during um, during the uh, sound check, yeah. yeah. Um, right away, it's like that song. When when you're finished recording that, and you hear it back. Do you feel like you have something special there, or what? I mean, that's. I think, I think it really seven hells, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. We were. I think we were sound checking Dane, the most. Oh, the main, the game. most. Dane, that's track two. Yeah. Which is another one, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, another that one that's awesome. Yeah, that was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that one's a lot of fun to play. I think when, the way we did this record, like we was just kind of like, I don't know, this is our most like kind of guitar heavy record and right. just a little bit more ballsy. And so I just remember being in the studio after we'd record it and we'd be like, damn, like, like yeah. Like, like, <laughs> I felt strong like bullying.
just a couple odd things here that we were we were looking. You know, we were getting some bio because I'm sure that there's there's a lot of people being uh, maybe from the area that that maybe haven't heard of you. So there was some things that I found interesting that what that uh, that that you're what I know, <laughs> that that uh, that some of your songs are played on uh, like Keeping Up with the Kardashians yes. and Real World. Yeah. So when when you how does and Teen Mom? So how does that happen? Does, does MTV approach you, or does does E approach you and, and get your permission to play it? Or uh, there's yeah. usually a licensing company that acts as a middleman and, and like picks up huge swaths of catalog for for MTV or right. E or whatever, and then just yeah. kind of like. <laughs> so no guest appearances on Team Mom. Is no. what you're saying? Sometimes they don't I mean, even tell you, and it. Well, so not as, as the father. But. Oh yeah, probably. Like I want Quad Company on my shows. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, man. Like I remember one night, me and my ex were laying in bed, and we were uh, just flipping through the channels, and it was that show where it's like, like kind of semi-retired rock and roll guys and their wives. Oh yeah. I forget what it was, and she stopped on it for some reason. And this melody came over the thing, and I was like, "That's real familiar." <laughs> like I was like, "What?" We we're like, "What is that?" We're like I don't know, and we neither one of us could like figure out what it was. And it, it was probably like a few minutes before I was like, "Oh, that's me. <laughs> that's my song." Come on. <laughs> like I don't even know it was gonna be. Yeah, so no one told us. You know. Well, hopefully they give you credit at least. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. That's the the MTV ones were kind of cool because at least the, on on those they put little credit at the bottom right when know? they're playing it yeah. so it's like people will kind of know like oh okay that's this band you know it's a little bit of exposure uh the e ones didn't really do that so, so it wasn't as cool and it's interesting you bring up exposure because i know here in chicago at least uh there was a long time where we didn't have a station that played rock or, or, or alternative music or anything like that now we finally have one after about was it three four years we didn't have one um is it hard to get exposure yeah, and get music under yeah oh i didn't know that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the whole of man yeah, now man yeah, cows on the loop. Yeah, yeah. So, is it hard to get exposure through through radio, or do you find oh, it just yeah. through mostly internet? And, and no, it's it's damn near impossible, man. Yeah, um, you have to go out and twist arms. I mean, yeah, college radio and and public radio and stuff like that is is one thing, and that's that's a little bit easier to get, uh, but by no means like guaranteed. Right. You know, so, uh, and, but commercial radio and. And like the bigger stations Sadler like that, it's like yeah. That. I mean, it's it, there's so many of those that are just owned by the big, right. like Clear Channel and stuff like that. So it's like your your chances of getting on that stuff are, you know, they're pretty astronomical. And at the end of the day, is that important to you, or is it just like I want to play my music for people that that want to hear it, or is it important to, for I, you to? I think radio is kind of still king, man. I think it's still as far as like getting exp- actual real career changing exposure i mean i don't think there's anything better than that you know um but that being said like it like i said it's it's very ast- like your chances are astronomical of sure. getting a hit in that way so uh most of the bands that we listen to are not on the radio right you know when you think about all the bands that you're probably into like how many of them actually get like singles that get played on the radio a lot you know it's, it's not, like not there's a not a whole lot of no. them in the grand scheme of things. So, I mean, there are other ways to go about it. And, you know, we certainly tour and you look for licensing opportunities and you basically just every avenue of exposure you can you can try to exploit like you do. Social media and all yeah. that stuff and just push stuff. And you guys have some huge shows coming up. Uh, you're, you're May 17th, you're... 
at uh, Southgate House Revival in, in Newport, Kentucky. Yep. Mm-hmm. The 19th Horseshoe Tavern in Toronto, Canada. You guys are getting around. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Some shows with... Uh, some shows with uh, Third Eye Blind. Yeah, I saw that. Your dashboard confessional. Don't dashboard, yeah. We're gonna bring. We're gonna usher the '90s back into. Hey, that's yeah. good. Uh, it was a good time. Yeah, it was yeah. a good time. Absolutely. Other than spearheading the next round. This, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I want to see a Dishwalla concert happen soon. <laughs> I actually love Third Eye Blind. I don't Is know how you cannot like the them. Worst band. Yeah, Dishwalla. It's horrible. It's horrible. Well, you know, we're we were fighting for other sort of like uh, festivals and other things, and sure. and I think for us, like a sort of the post grunge alternative rock, like we're we're thrilled about these shows because to us, that's like the perfect sort of audience for us to kind of be able to earn new fans in Absolutely. front of those folks. So like, um, I think it would be good post emo, post grunge alternative rock Absolutely, stuff, right? Yeah. So you guys played like South by Southwest, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, how was that? To, to, had you guys played anything like a, a festival that big prior, or a show that in front of an audience? I, mean, I gotta imagine South, it. South by Southwest is kind of weird because it's so fragmented. Cause oh, there's is just it? Thousands and thousands of shows going on. It's a bunch it's like, of small shows. We yeah, it's I mean, a ton of small shows. So we've had a few really good shows in South by Southwest that have that have been pretty amazing. Uh, it's it's boot camp for tour. Oh, okay. So you wind up playing a show or two a day, every wow. day for like two weeks, and really? uh, it just gets you really like on point for you know, this is what we're doing today. Find the parking, you know, kind of you almost have to make day sheets for it. It's 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 serious stuff. Jeez, we I'm did twelve shows this year. Yeah, but we've done Austin City Limits Music Festival. We've That's there's an awesome. event in Austin called Blues on the Green that we've done a handful of times that is you know ten or twelve twelve thousand kind of like person attended event and and things like that. So we've done some of the the festival style sure. like large audience stuff too well yeah. hopefully we'll see at Lollapalooza before too long here in Chicago that would be fantastic that would be yeah that's awesome so um, I w- definitely want to plug the website because if you want to check out some of these shows and get tickets uh, quietcompanymusic.com uh, you can check them out at facebook.com quietcompany twitter uh, you guys are really active on twitter uh, it's at quietcompanytx I'm Sorry. guessing that's for Texas? Texas? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that wasn't too far. Good guess, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was the other guess? I don't, I don't even know. Was there only a I don't think I, we even had one. This is your baby. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were taking bets Texas. in, in uh, the name oh. Quiet Company. How did that come up? Well, it's an interesting story. Um, I actually had a uncle when I was, he was like my favorite uncle when I was growing up. And uh, he took me to Monster Truck Rally. And being the precocious young child that I was, like, I ended up, you know, remember Bigfoot? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. The big, Bigfoot yeah. Eh, yeah, I mean, it's a silly question, but everyone remembers Back Bigfoot. Back the 90s again. Um, anyway, I, uh, I jumped the fence, you know, when he, my uncle wasn't looking, and ran out into the field right as Bigfoot's, like, coming down the thing, you know? Oh, geez. Jumping the cars. And my uncle rushes out just in the nick of time and pushes me out of the way, and Bigfoot kills him. But as he's laying there dying, he says to me, start a band called Quiet Company. And I said, okay. <laughs> he had me for a I second. Will. I will. Uh, am I believing this? I ha- you had me roped story. in to like, I'm sorry to hear about your uncle. That's horrible. Yeah. That's horrible. It's sad. Oh it's hard God. to tell. <laughs> it's a hard story to tell. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. Yeah, in hindsight, in hindsight, like I wish that I life. just shit on his memory and came up with a better band name. <laughs> at at least he didn't say name. I was a person of honor, and I, <laughs> I stuck with it. At least it wasn't start a band named Dishwala. Yeah, it could have been worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Why are we shitting on Dishwallow? What do they do this? <laughs> so very cool, very cool, guys. Um, uh, a couple other things that we had for you, and then we'll let you go. I know you want to eat and, 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 and do that. Uh, there's a couple tracks on the album that are different. Uh, I mean, they're all different, but there's a couple that are glaringly different than the others on the, on the new uh, album. Uh, the song Kindness is more acoustic, and um, Wherever You Take Me, it's it's more of like a, a piano ballad, I yeah. would say, right? Um, is there is there anything like special about those two songs that or you, did you just want to mix it up and just had a different feel yeah we we tried a lot of different ways to do kindness where we were trying to do it like as a full band thing and we were trying to do like this ambient electronical thing i i, I just said electronical like a moron um sorry uh should have stopped at the c yeah electronic <laughs> thing it ended up being <laughs> sorry but uh like, we ended up like it ended up term. being like where we just came into the studio one day and i, I was just like let's just let it we just didn't really want to let it be what it, we all felt like it naturally wanted to be which sure. is like this very stripped acoustic song and so at the end of the day we're like it's just going to be that and that's going to be the best version of it and so we ended up doing that and i was really glad that we did um that worked out well but yeah i mean we're i my favorite kind of records are uh like the White Album or the Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, Infinite Sadness. Oh. You know, these big epic records where like they do so much different stuff, but like the identity of the band runs through it, you know, through its entirety. Where it's like, you, there's never a moment where you're like, this isn't, couldn't possibly be the Beatles or this couldn't possibly be the Pumpkins, you know, but at right. the same time, every song is very different. So that's always a thing that I've aspired to as a writer and us as a band that our, we don't want our records to feel like it's kind of you know one thing all the way through so right um when you have a lot of like up-tempo kind of hard rock songs you really need a couple of breaks in there or else it feels super relentless if you're listening to the whole record you never get like a a moment to breathe and if you i feel like all the great concerts that you've watched like there's always that spot somewhere in the middle where they just kind of like let's take this down a little bit get intimate well, especially we'll as a musician, back. I'm sure you need yeah. like I need to I need a I need a break. This is killing me. Yeah. Fortunately, we don't play the record front to back. Right. You know, right. Ever. But, uh, uh, but we but we do that. I mean, for our live shows, we do try to give a little flow like that too. Where sure. Where there's some and some uh, variation in dynamic. Those songs were picked from a batch of about I think like 30 or so uh, uh, that like that we had. Uh, you know, and and I just think that lyrically and melodically, those were just standouts. Like everyone was like, "Man, it's just a beautiful song." Yeah, right. It's a great song. Why would we not put it on the record? And there was no like, you know, and and that's where really what we were kind of I think shooting for is just the best songs get on this record and put the best foot forward. Who who gets the final say on? All right, this isn't gonna make it. Does anybody? Are there hurt feelings? Well, I mean, I think probably. Taylor's got like some trump cards, but yeah. it was pretty democratic. I think, yeah. like with the producer, uh, with Matt Nevesky. Um, yeah. I think we kind of. Well, I mean, I don't write songs that aren't amazing. Right, of no, course, right. of course. Like, <laughs> that's you're, no, you're no, no, no. You're, you're, you're predictable. He no, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Yeah, I was like, yeah, he no. knew. Yeah, I was like, he's gonna. So boast. for me, he's it's kind of. <laughs> for me, it's just like it's all win-win, you know, like because. <laughs> No matter what songs we put on there, they're going to be amazing songs. This, this really awesome one? This really awesome one. Yeah, it's so it's all, you know. It's just the rest of us doubting. Six of one and a half dozen of the other. You know? Absolutely. Well, um. <laughs> you just made the podcast. Yeah, made it, Polly from Wally Doggers now on the podcast. 
Um, well, well, um, yeah, I think I, I always find that interesting when you have all those songs and, and you got five guys that are, are trying to figure it out. Inevitably, well, you always put it on the next album, right? Yeah, that's kind of what we ended up, you know, I don't, I don't get my feelings hurt too much about it, and um, th- I mean, if if I feel real strongly about it, I'd say so. But so would anybody else, you know. And uh, we ended up kind of with the mindset of like, like we had like twenty or thirty songs, like Tommy was saying, that we were that we were pulling from, and we really wanted our this record to not sprawl as much as our other ones have, and we wanted it to be very concise and very you know to the point so we, we cut it to 11 songs like we limit ourselves to 11 songs and it's hard, hard to do yeah sure we really wanted to fit on one vinyl okay yeah. gotcha yeah. very cool but so we we made a it was a kind of hard record to make in that regard where we were just like uh picking one song over another like this one has this moment that we really want on the record but you know is it worth cutting this other one but we kind of ended up with the idea of like, you know, screw it. Like, whatever makes the best record is what we'll put on there. And then we'll still record the other ones later. Sure. Because I, I, I just like listening to it, you know. And I I like having it on record, you know. And maybe we'll put it out and maybe we won't. But I, we've got some plans for the rest of the songs that we didn't record that uh, we'll probably be rolling out with here. I mean, we were even shopping through demos in the van from 2002 that we were like, we need to record these. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, um, I guess, uh, you know, I know you guys got to eat and you want to check out the band at 9 o'clock, so I, I don't want to keep you, but uh, we do want to make sure we play this song. We were talking about A Year in Decline. What can you tell us about this song? We'll, we'll, we'll end it with that one. Um, it's, a, it's a song that's kind of about just, uh, I don't know, I feel like a lot of this record is kind of like a report from the edge of a person's Sure. Kind of like sanity almost, I guess. Just uh, that moment of like, I think I might be about to lose everything in my life and maybe I'll be able to hold on to it and maybe I won't. You know? Oh, wow. Uh, so a lot of, about half the record is, are kind of songs from, from that vein and I think this is one of the ones that feels the most like desperate to me. Uh, it was also kind of one of our more like epic songs on the record and... Uh, we joked about like starting the record with it because <laughs> it was going to be like, well, it's all downhill from here, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But uh, we ultimately did not. So, Well, I got to say, um, Transgressor, very good album. It's your fourth album, um, and you, you can just see the evolution. Uh, I think I listened to the first, the, the last three, this one and then the previous two. I didn't listen to the first one yet, but I can tell there's an evolution, so I'm really excited to, to meet you guys, and I know that we're excited to see where you guys evolve to from here even, so very well, excited. thank you guys so much for having um, us, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so uh, make sure you check out uh, quietcompanymusic.com, quietcompanytx on Twitter, at quietcompanytx. Uh, YouTube, great videos, uh, making of the album, great video series in there. Very cool uh, to see that stuff. And guys, please come back on next time you're in Chicago. We will do, for sure. All right, guys. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Remember when I lived in Tennessee And you came to visit, slept next to me Shared a wooden bed Not meant for two And I told you I loved you And I still do 
tired of talking, let's go to bed Cause I just need to get out of my head I've been trying to keep our burdens light I just wasn't made for these times But I'll stay as long as you will have me And I'll follow if you wanna lead And I'll share the load that gets so heavy Trying to be someone else Now I'm scared and sad and feeling stuck That I ain't ever gonna give you up But I'll stay as long as you Stay